Welcome to a little bonus edition of the No Dunks podcast. I'm Jay Skeets here in Atlanta. Alongside me, we got the bearded one, Trey Kirby, our super producer, JD, and a very special guest. He is the winner of Survivor Ghost Island, and you're currently watching him battle the all-time greats on the 40th season, Survivor Winners at War. He's also a pretty decent hooper, at least according to his Instagram account. It's Wendell Holland. Wendell, what's up, man? Hey, thanks a lot. It's great to be here. I appreciate it. I hoop a little bit. I play Survivor a little bit, you know. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. yeah. Well, this is a real treat for us because we obviously do an NBA show uh, we have for over 10 years now. We're diehard NBA fans. We've been blessed to interview Hall of Famers, uh, you know, MVPs, the next generation of stars. We've covered All-Star Weekends. We've been in the locker room for championship teams. Mm -hmm. And all of that fails in comparison. Uh. To how excited we are to have on a Survivor winner in yourself. I'm dead serious. Like, yeah. we it are literally Survivor feels like geeks. a Hall of Famer is in here right I know. Now. Oh, man. I know. Like, I've gotten a wedgie from Shaq live on the air, and I couldn't care less. This is way more exciting to us, so we really appreciate it. Again, I appreciate you guys having me. Uh, I that Those are wonderful words of encouragement. I hope I live up to, you know, being your, you guys' guy out here, but... um. Yeah, it's good to be here. It's good to be back in Atlanta. Uh, I went to Morehouse. Yeah. So yeah, what brought you back yeah. down here for this weekend? Why Atlanta, here? It's, Atlanta's like a second home to me. Um, like I said, I went to Morehouse, class of '06. Nice. And so I have a whole lot of college buddies that live down here. And because uh, for my work, I build and design furniture at Beav Unlimited. I always have a lot of deliveries down here, so I'm down really? here like three, four times a year. Wow. Yeah. And you live in the Philadelphia, Philadelphia area. Okay. Yeah. How long is that drive? That's can't Ooh. be. Uh, you know, that's not a couple hours. It's man. not. A, it's not down the street. It's uh, not thirty-nine <laughs> days. I get that, but that's a that's not that's not uh, short. It took us fourteen hours yesterday, but usually it takes us around eleven. There there was some uh, traffic and some not so wonderful weather. Mm. Mm. But you got here safe. Well, we, again, we appreciate you coming in here. I know you're. So what what are you going to be doing besides the delivery this weekend? Just having fun, catching up with friends. Yeah, we have a whole itinerary. We have all the bars we're going to hit. Okay. Um, I try to make sure because I only come for like three four days. I want to be able to squeeze in enough eateries because Atlanta has great spots and enough bars and everything. So I always call my buddy Mark and ask him where should, where should we go on each specific night. Right. Tonight's Top Golf. We're gonna. Oh wow. Okay. <laughs> I'm no Have golfer. Have you done it before? I've or? done it before. Okay. Last time I was here it was so much fun. It is good time. Um. Yeah. You don't have to be a great golfer to go enjoy yourself at Top Golf. <laughs> no. It's it's like bowling version of golf. Yes. It's really what it yes. is. Yes. Which you can have a lot of fun even if you're not a great bowler or in this case a golfer. You're right. Exactly. Okay. So you're just uh, you're gonna have an action packed weekend here. Yeah. I got a, a spa that I'm going to at some point too. They <laughs> got Missy. <laughs> from Survivor told me about a spot. You know Missy from yeah, season 39. Yeah. She lives down here. Good friend. She told me about a spa that, uh, I don't know, they like scrub your body or something. And like, sure. I need that. You know, okay. I need a nice, ex- <laughs> hey, I mean, I, you know, I'm still on the island kind of, so I gotta, I gotta exfoliate a little bit. Well, on your website, I love the, I love your site because there's like two main subheaders. It's one, let's talk about your bed, mm-hmm. the fur- furniture company you're talking about. And then two, it's let's talk about Survivor. Yes. So I love how you've just divided it. <laughs> and we got a lot of Survivor questions, but why are you staying in the Pennsylvania area with your company? Is your family there and stuff like that? Like, it sounds like you love Atlanta. Like, what's keeping yes. you there? So there are different cities that I truly love. Yeah. Um, one being Atlanta. Um, I also have family in Toronto, actually. Hey, yeah, I love I love it up there. I love the six. I love the people up north. But um, fi- uh, Philadelphia is definitely home. My mother and father live there. Okay. My little sister had uh, twin babies three years ago, so I have a niece and nephew now. I treat them there like they're my kids. You know, I try to see them once or twice or three times a week. So Philly's definitely home for me. I also went to law school at UPenn. Right. So I have a lot of connections there. That's where my shop is. So that's home. Nice. But I love traveling. So I'm all over delivering furniture and doing other things all over the country. And you're hooping as much as you can? Hooping as much as I can, yeah. Yeah? Uh, I try maybe like um, maybe about four times a week. It's not bad. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. between one to four times a week, I definitely have just pickup runs, like anything sort of. There's one league, the lawyers oh, league. Wow! <laughs> and there are some who a lot of lawyers. complaining about foul calls in yeah, the lawyer sometimes, league. Sometimes it turns into a whole debate. <laughs> yep. But um, and the 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 refs are terrible in that league. Oh, but here we go. Um, <laughs> I I enjoy it. It's like my I've been in it since law school, since like 2007. So I'm a, a vet in the league. Um, but it's fun. And then I have a few open runs, some pickup. Five in the morning runs twice a week, Getting and then I have a it. Saturday run. And what's your game like? 
if you had to compare yourself either to an NBA player or what are your you know your attributes? My game has changed. Um, uh oh. I maybe you've like, gotten old is what that means. <laughs> it happens, Father Time. So I would compare myself now. I just now it's a success if I don't injure myself. Uh-huh. Yep. I have torn my ACL out there before, like five years ago. So Whoa. yeah, I, I know what it's like to have to fight back from that and you know rehab and all that. So now I'm just like, I just want to get a good run in, get my shots up, maybe make a couple creative layups. Sure. Um, but I just I just try to stay safe out there. So you did that, you tore your Achilles prior ACL. to going, oh, sorry, ACL going, before going out. Before going out. Wow. So um, yeah, it was maybe a... Uh, um, Two years before going out for Survivor, so I had to. I actually had a quick recovery. I would. Uh, I rehabbed like, like four times a week, and I was back playing again within seven months. So it was faster than normal. Um, but then, one week before I went out for Ghost Island, I'm hooping. It was the Sunday before I left. Uh, no, less than a week before I left. I jump up for a rebound. I catch an elbow to my eye. Splits open open over my eye, and I'm, like, gushing blood. And my buddy's like, all right, you're not hooping anymore for the rest of the day. (laughs) You have to go to urgent care. I went to urgent care. They said I needed all these stitches. And I'm like, hey, doc, I'm going – not supposed to tell you this, doc. (laughs) I'm going out for Survivor in, um, like, five days. He said, nah, we need to stitch you up. You got to come back in a week, and I'll take it out. I'm like, doc, can't do that. So he glued me up. So before Ghost Island, I, I kind of had like an open wound on my face, but I was trying to just take it easy and not let anybody know about my injury. I was going to say, you're just like keeping your hand up there the whole yeah, time I was when just, you're talking to producers. I was just trying to keep it on the low, you know, and I had my raw shea butter on deck <laughs> until they put me on the island, so... So that sounds like a little bit of a tip. You got to kind of treat Survivor like a wedding. You got to shut down all athletic activity before you're heading out. You don't want a major injury. I mean, you got hit in the face. That's pretty bad if you're going on TV. Yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty bad. You want to um, you want to protect the money maker. You know, uh-huh. you want to you want to stay looking all right. But also, they they probably as producers don't want to put you out there with like open wounds on your face no. when you don't have many. <laughs> Um, sanitation devices and whatnot True. out there. So I was lucky to hide that from them. That's good. And uh, it turned out well for me at the end. How much did your basketball background help you when you were out there? Because there's those type of challenges where you're shooting rings or shooting balls in some instances and stuff like that. Did it help, did you find? I think it helped regarding, yes, the athleticism and whatnot, for sure. Yeah. You're shooting things into things. You're running around, and basketball does that. But even more so than that, and in life, and anytime I give speeches, especially to children, you think about basketball and you apply that to your life and the lessons you learned on the on the court growing up as a kid, teamwork, leadership, uh, helping people out, keeping your head up when you're uh, when you lose, knowing how to lose, taking losses and, you know, fighting back. All these lessons that you learn on the court are applicable to life, but also in the game of Survivor. Mm-hmm. I've always been a leader on the court, um, but. And I talk a little trash on the court, too. Sure. But um, in the game of Survivor, I wanted to lead my tribe, but I didn't want to be too, too visible. Because, as you guys know, as students of the game, that that person you're, you're is, is the the biggest target. So I tried to hide behind some of the uh, the younger but, like, bigger-looking, bigger-stronger guys. And um, I still tried to lead them through my actions right. and through certain little talks that I would give them. But uh, definitely applied basketball principles and lessons to the game of Survivor. Did you ever like sort of try and hide your, you know, physical skills? Did you ever throw anything? Cuz that comes up a lot. This idea of like, you know, you're just good at these games or these sort of skills and you're suddenly a target if everyone sees like, "Oh, is he ever going to lose? Let's get rid of him." Did you ever sort of tone that down? Or because you're an athlete, you know, it's like tough to turn that off, I'd imagine. Like you want to win. Yeah, so about me, I'd been a Survivor fan for years, and I applied for maybe like seven previous years. Wow. So since I'm in my 20s applying, now I'm 35, I played my first season when I was 33. So um, so like, what, every year you would apply? Every year I'd apply. I'd go to casting calls. I'd send in video after video. Wow. Uh, at my finale, they showed a clip of my, one of my earlier tapes. I was... I had the shortcut. I had no beard. I was looking all square. <laughs> I was in the courtroom. It was when I was lawyering. I was right. clerking for a judge. Um, I, I say that to say I got on in my 30s, but I was on one of the younger seasons. There were a lot of 20-somethings, mm. bigger, stronger guys that looked more athletic. Um, I feel 
very confident in my abilities, and I'm like, I can I can compete with these guys. Yeah. But it's good that they look way more athletic and they have <laughs> about 18 more abs than me with yeah. my zero abs and all that stuff. So I didn't have to hide too much. I had to sh- I showed them my worth and that I could perform. Right. But I there were guys that were that would run faster than me, that could swim faster than me, that could throw better than me. So I didn't have to necessarily hide that yeah. I'm a pretty good thrower or a pretty good swimmer or a pretty good any of that. It was like um all right, there's a lot of these good, talented athletes out here. Right. What made you want to go on Survivor? I mean, you applied six or seven years yeah. in a row. Like, when did it click that you're like, I could go on that or I think I could win that or whatever it is? I started watching um, back during season 18. I think I saw a tweet from a, another Morehouse guy, Sean King, and he said something uh, to the tune of, like, Survivor's on its 18th season. I can't believe it's still on, but me and my family still watch it. And I was like, man, if Sean King, this uh, this notable alum from my school, if he watches the show, maybe I'll give it a, a, a shot. Maybe I'll watch it. You and had I, never watched it up until that point. Never watched it until Not that even point. when it was like uh, the Super. first or second season, Super Bowl, 40 million people. Yeah, the, it was crazy. And yeah. some of these winners were on like all the shows. Yeah. And I hear stories about them going to these parties and in Hollywood. It's not the same right. anymore. You know, <laughs> right. I, it's not the same. But... Um, no, I, I kind of got into it a little later, um, but I mean now it's season forty. I started season eighteen. That's still a decade ago. A long ago. time, crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. So I got into it then, and I think in watching it, I was like, man, I'd, I'd never been camping before, um, I'd never <laughs> been starving before, but I have dealt with different people, and uh, through growing up in Lower Marion and then going to Morehouse in Atlanta, down south. And doing a bunch of internships and study abroads and all these things, I've dealt with different types of people um, across the country. And Survivor is this cross-section of America. They bring people from literally all over the place. I had a guy named Donathan on my season. Yeah. I never, oh, yeah. Donathan. You know, from Kentucky. From Kentucky, yeah. and he's my boy. But I'd never met anyone that was such a character before in my life. Sure. But I'm the kind of person that can uh, connect with anybody. So I'm like, you know what? The social game, I think I could do well at that. Then the physical game, I am a strong swimmer. I'm kind of fast, kind of could throw, kind of I'm 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 kind of a lot of things. Yeah. I'm like proficient at a lot of things. So other than the starving and the camping, I think I'd be pretty good at it. So I took a liking to the show and the competitive aspect. You know, if you're a hooper, Every time you get on the court, you compete. Yeah. And with me in any arena, anywhere I go, I compete. So I'm like, this is a this is the ultimate competition show. Maybe I should give it a shot. Wow. And then we're it, with you. We're we're <laughs> trying to convince our bosses at the athletic. We're like, Survivor is a sport. We got to get a full on <laughs> podcast for this. So this is almost like a pilot episode yeah. for oh, us. Man. <laughs> oh man. Now I'm going to be sweating out here. Uh, <laughs> no, seriously though, it it's it's a competition and. It's been going on for 20 years. That says something about the show. Yeah. Um, they continue every season to kind of reinvigorate the season by changing the theme up and changing the characters up. And I think, and they have a phenomenal host, Jeb Probst. And I think that's why it has withstood the test of time. What was it a shock though when you got out there on like day one? Where it, you're like, I mean, you had an idea. You were a fan. You knew how the game worked. But was it still like, oh my God, what are we? What have I done here? Or what's going on here? Yeah, that that first day or those first few days was kind of a, a slap in the face. Yeah. Now made me more so just a wake up call. Yeah, I got out there. I'm looking around. I see Chris Noble. He's this like tall, strong guy from New York that talks a lot. Then I see this other guy from New York, this Italian guy from Long Island. He talks a lot, and they want to do a lot and they want to build and do all this stuff. And in my head, I'm like, I build. This is what I do. I'm a builder. I build things out of reclaimed wood. I could look around this island and find a bunch of reclaimed stuff and build a palace out here. But these big New Yorkers, are, are they want to take the lead. So in the game of Survivor, you don't want to yeah. step up and say, hey, mm-hmm. nah, no, don't do this. I, so I kind of fell in my place and, and just listened to them for the first couple of days. But then as I got my footing, I'm like, you know, what? we're going to build it this way. This, right. let's, let's change this up. Hey, take a look at this. Let me show you this. You know, and eventually they started saying like, whoa, Wendell knows what he's doing. So... As a big fan, those first couple of days, sometimes it takes a minute to get your footing, and sometimes you don't have that time because you might be the first boot and you're yeah. out. But fortunately, I made it through a couple, and I built those relationships, 
and it propelled me to the right. end of the game. You just had to find like your rhythm a little bit, that's and that's it. what a lot of people say that that yep. go on the show because you're like you can just like get too aggressive, either playing the game or your personality because you're telling people to do things, yep. and that can get you in trouble. You just got to be like water at the beginning there. Just go with the flow. It sounds like go with the flow. Yeah. Don't uh, create a lot of waves. And so don't be like water in that instance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Precisely. Yeah. But I mean, you hit you hit the beach, and for those, I don't think many of us had experience in front of cameras. We were marooned, and as soon as we get off the boat and walk up the beach, you see Jeff Probst, and that's a shocker. Like, oh my gosh, we're really here. Yeah. But then behind Jeff Probst, it's. A crew of 300 people and wow. 50 cameras just grilling you, and it's uh, it's it's that too is a slap That's in the face. That's a lot. That's yeah. a great point that I think maybe a lot of people probably forget. It's yeah. like they just think of the island part, but yeah, it is a television production, and uh, you know we were we've worked in television for a long time, nothing to that scale. But even that, like, I'll have- actually be awesome if every day before the show we had to like swim in off of a <laughs> yeah. boat before the show's getting started. I do like really that. tough. But it's but I I know friends that'll like come to our studio back when we were at, at as the starters, and they would just sit there, and it's like it's a foreign sort of atmosphere, right? Like the idea of like all the lights and the camera people and all these other people you're like what does that person even do why are they here it is a it's a weird feeling if yeah. you're not used to it at all and you'll see some kids out there and i'm like whoa did they sign an ND? <laughs> like how is that kid not saying anything to their little friends when they get back to the states so and then you're like oh that's a uh, such and such producers' children. Yeah. Right? They are always here. It's like, oh, my bad. And so what, you're just ha- supposed to have no interaction with them at all outside of that the, the one-on-one sort of right. you, um, sit-downs that you see? Yeah, you. and it's crazy because you're with some of these, like the camera crews and whatnot, in this super almost intimate atmosphere yeah. for days, and you're starving, and they're watching you go through all these things, and then maybe you might have this hilarious moment with another castaway, and you'll see a cameraman laughing or something like yeah. that, but but you can't break that barrier. Yeah. So it's tricky, but um, I always try at the end of things to like have some kind of rapport with them because I'm so appreciative that they were out there and behind that camera, they weren't slipping Snickers bars and stuff. They, you know, <laughs> they have to be ultimate professionals. Right. Um, when I'm running and jumping in the water to do whatever, they have to actually, you know, jump in the water with me. So they're out there in the elements surviving just like we are. And so I don't take them for granted. Sometimes you hear castaways that are like yelling at the production and stuff. And I'm just like, man, I'm blessed to be out here. I'm so thankful that I'm living out this dream. And even though I'm starving on this island and these mofos want to backstab me and do all this stuff, (laughs) like, look, I, I look out into the Fijian the other islands sure. and the beautiful sunset. And I'm like, man, this this ain't so bad. Right. It could be a lot worse. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, JD, you and I have talked about this just back with the camera idea. They do such an incredible job because you never see them. You never see them. I, I it's can't so wrap my rare. head around how they shoot you guys in these challenges and everything. And you rarely, if any, time see another camera person or a producer or something. You won't, you won't see. They how. pride themselves in that. And um, what they do is, you know, it is their 40th season. They they yeah, are they've mastered yeah, it. Sure. They've mastered it. Yeah. But they're good at um and now they have all these drones and stuff and things, different ways to shoot, and they continue to, you know, push the needle forward as far as production goes. But they also do things like um for those sweeping shots where you will see this whole sand spit of an island mm-hmm. and you'll see, you know, the castaways and probst from 400 feet in the yeah. air sometimes they do um they have like body doubles after the fact gotcha, 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 so gotcha. after the challenge has run Incredible. and they know what happens and everything then they'll be like all right we're gonna boat away all 400 of you guys to get these ridiculous amazing wow. shots yeah that's, that's it's cool. so well done I man i guess uh, so you're saying when when you arrive you're totally overwhelmed by the cameras and stuff how quickly does that go away because yeah. eventually you must get used to it right yeah, so it, it took a while for um, – it, it actually – it didn't take too, too long to get used to the cameras because at the end of the day, if you're a competitor and you know what you're there for, then certain things won't hinder you or get you out of that – get you out of that mode. But at first, there is kind of an adjustment. Um, and you also – there's a they there's a word they like to use, continuity. There are things – like skates, if we're on an island mm-hmm. and 
we noticed a cameraman wasn't there. And they do their best to have a crew everywhere at all times. But if then I'm telling you, hey, I want to reach into my bag and slip you an idol or something, and it's not on camera, then there's no continuity. Then you get to tribal council, and um, they don't – it's like Wendell found an idol. How did he pass – when did this idol get to you? So as a a player, you kind of understand like, all right, maybe I'll give it an extra two seconds so that camera crew just gets to me. Hmm. And then we'll have that conversation. Then I'll slip you that idol. Right. So So you're not trying to purposely hide what you're doing out there from the camera crew. It's almost right. the opposite. If you're a bad Survivor player, then you're trying to hide it from the crew. <laughs> because at the end of the day, the crew, the producers, um, there's pro- there are producers all over the island. Yeah. They have earpieces, and they can tap into any camera person. And so the cameraman might whisper, hey, Wendell is passing um, Trey a an advantage right now right and then so then they know to listen in on that conversation and you want the cameraman to know that and you want the producer to know that so they might take that note and remind i don't know how jeff probst does it every night but they might be able to remind jeff hey there was a time wendell passed trey an advantage you might want to ask trey hey what's going on with advantages on this island yeah (laughs) yeah he yeah. Must, yeah, he must get like a printout at the end of every night, like a breakdown, sort of like uh, the highlights, so he's, to speak, he's, of the he's, day. He's the best. He's the yeah. ultimate. He he's definitely briefed, but at tribal, which could last hour and a half, two hours, even three hours. Wow. You see it as you know, twelve minutes and a commercial on the show, but Jeff isn't reading anything. He doesn't have any earpieces. He's just that sharp. He's just talking. So, uh, but to answer, to go back and answer the question about cameramen and and getting adjusted to that. I think a good survivor understands that maybe I'll walk just a little slower. You know, I won't walk 100%. I'll walk 90% so the camera crew can properly capture this moment Hmm. to tell my story. Because I want to enable them to tell the best story for me. So I'll do my best to work with them. Is that something you had to learn then? Because... Clearly, the storytelling is a big part of making a show. Also, a big reason why you would get the win when you finally come to Tribal Council. I would imagine it's probably also something that clicked for you when you finally got on the show. Like, learning to tell your own story about this is why you would want me to be on Survivor. Yeah, I I think, I, I say, like, good survivors. Like, I think if you're if you're self-aware, you know that this is a working relationship. They're not helping. They're not like, they're not doing anything to like help my game. They just want to tell my story. Sure. So why? And they're out here. Um, this is their job, you know. So they're out here trying to tell your story. Why not just allow them to do that without complaining that we were on a boat extra long or that <laughs> right. this wasn't there? Because sometimes you'll come. Um, you are taking on boats from island to island, right? Because we're actually we actually have our own islands. Some people wonder, you know, are they just on the other side? Of the no, yeah. we have our own <laughs> islands. And sometimes, if you say win a reward, and you're on the way back to the island, and they haven't set that reward up yet, then maybe you have to sit in the boat an extra 10, 15 minutes, right? And I've heard castaways complain and oh, use all kinds of things. Like, first where of else all, are you gonna yeah, be? Yeah, what's the rush? Hold on a second. Yeah. You're you're you want a reward. You're about to get. You're about to be given something, and you're complaining. Just like, like I got a haircut at three yeah. thirty. I don't know. Chill out. I don't know if we'll make it. Yeah. So, uh, Survivor and also life. It's really about self awareness, and they've explored that over the last few seasons. And there have been tremendously unself aware players out there. And um, I think to be a good survivor, that's one thing you need. What is camp life like? Is it boring most of the time when you're not going to the challenge or you're not going to tribal council? For me, um, especially my first season, what I did was whenever I was around camp, I tried to keep my brain sharp by keeping my hands doing something. Doing something. I was always building something. At one point, I guess around the merge, we won a sewing kit. So I started sewing up a backpack. (laughs) Um, I fixed... Kellen's belt. There were all these things that I would do to just stay moving. I made made games that sometimes we'd come back from a challenge and see some producers playing around with my games that I made. <laughs> so I, um, it can be boring for people, and I have heard people say how boring it is. Yeah. But what I tried to do was always stay active and doing something. Um, in season 40, which is on right now, 
there are it's it's winners at war and all of these players are playing at a very high level. Right. So there's never a moment to take a nap. Actually, <laughs> historically, you're not. You shouldn't be that person napping at camp because if you see someone napping, that means that they're comfortable enough yeah, to nap. Yeah. Right. Just sleeping all day. Yeah. 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 So camp life, um, it has been boring for some players, yeah. but you see, tr- you try to choose to not make it. Yeah. So just Op- to opt to do things. Yeah. Yeah. Like wh- if you're at work, I worked um, at a cookie shop. I worked at like a a, a hoagie, a sandwich shop yeah. before, and some of my bosses said, "Time to lean, time to clean." So, like, <laughs> if you have the time to chill, like, nah, you should be doing something. There's and always it, something else you could be yeah, doing. Yeah, in the game of Survivor, nah, you should just be doing something. Whether it's strategizing, right. talking to somebody, building relationships, um, or just having making a genuine connection with people, you should always be doing something. Well, it's funny in these first couple of episodes of season forty here, the winners at war. You had already talked about. Well, I don't want to be the building guy again. I, I don't want to do. That. I don't want to build everything again. And then, like you know, cut to you basically building. <laughs> oh my goodness! They have. They probably have so much footage of me building those first few days out there that like it. And I definitely what I wanted to do because I I am one of the newer winners. They just saw me like a year prior, yeah. so I I'd be fresh on their minds. And uh, so I was like, you know what? I'll build these relationships. I won't build the camp as much as last time. And then I ended up building like the Taj Mahal out there. <laughs> right, right. So you sort of actively went in thinking, I'm going to try and switch things up. But in the end, you maybe just were yourself. Yeah. Is that I, fair I, to say? I, yeah. I, I, yeah, I fell back to what I'm comfortable right, doing. Right, And um, that's uh, that's my authentic self. I am um, a blue collar guy. I roll up my sleeves and I, I get my hands dirty, and so that's what I wanted to do. And those first few days, the the tribe was willing to help, and so we built a nice shelter. But you said this second season, your second go on it, it was just with all the winners there. It was just so much more like aggressive in terms of the gameplay and the strategizing. So much more aggressive. Um, there are players that this is their like fifth and fourth and third times yeah. playing. This is my second time playing in two and a half years. Some people played 15 years ago and <laughs> and 13 years ago and 12 years ago, and they played on this season with these four other winners. And one, one guy married this woman, and these two <laughs> used to date. And there are so many there are so many bonds and relationships over the last two decades that are and will play out on season 40. And for me as a new winner to come in, kind of un tethered to any of these people because I'm so new all I have is the fact that I am a social person I won not the the most immediate season but the one before that so Nick Wilson was out there with me the winner of the season after mine but because I had that you know year buffer I was able to meet some other winners Mm. I traveled a little bit I was able to meet the Queen Sandra and um you know a handful of winners and that's so cool as a fan turned player turned winner to actually meet these other winners yeah. so i went out there with some connections um but coming into a returnee season what i realized different from my first season is that it seemed very much so like these people are out for business it's not like whoa we're all fans oh my yeah, god look at this cool. it's like nah this is business we're a bunch of players we're out here to get that two million dollar check and did you know the $2 million prize? Was that kept secret from you guys? It was kept Until secret. Until you learned right there so on the show? Yeah. when Jeff announces it and you see those reactions, those are genuine reactions. <laughs> um, I was ecstatic. Like, I'll do, I'll do anything for that money and I'm willing to stab, you know, I'm, I'm ready to turn this thing on. And um, I think Jeff said, and this wasn't on camera, but he said something to the tune of, I literally just got an email or just got a call granting us permission to say that $2 million <laughs> within a matter of hours of him announcing it to wow. us. So it was really like he heard the word, he relate, related to us, and you see those gen- genuine emotions. Is it yeah. tough to balance uh, being like a normal good guy in regular life and then coming out there and being like, I've known you people for a couple of years. I'm ready to vote you out and stab you in the back. Whew. I mean, I can imagine at least the first time around, at least you didn't know these people for more than 30 days before – before you're voting them out. These, you could, like you're saying, Rob and Amber, they're married. You know, some of these people have known each other for 10 years. You've known a couple of them for a year and a half. Mm-hmm. You learn very fast that 
these people who maybe played together on whatever season are willing to cut those people's throats. <laughs> and uh, as a as a new person that played the good guy role, didn't have a lot of blood on my hands my first season, it was trial by fire, and I learned very fast, you got to be willing to cut anybody out here. Mm. And so, yeah, that's uh, I think that's the name of the game on season 40. Now we're in episode three is coming up, and we saw Tyson, I guess, during the first episode say he was willing to vote out Amber and Tyson is very, very close with Amber's yeah. husband, Boston yeah. Rob. So it's like to save his own, you know, to save himself, he's able to, you know, stab his homie's wife in the back. <laughs> so, you know, we learned very early. But maybe in a weird way, is it easier with all winners? Because they've played the game before. They know what it takes to win. And, yeah, you're right. You can play sort of a clean game, but you sometimes other people have played ruthless games. But everybody knows it is just a game. Yeah, for maybe, sure. Maybe is that fair? For, like, for yeah. sure. With all winners, all returnees, um, people. a lot of times people go into their first season like, there are things that I will and will not do. I want to represent for X, Y, and Z. Like me, I wanted to be able – I wanted my niece and nephew, who were like one at the time, to be able to watch me at some point and be proud of the game right. I played, win, lose, or draw. I wanted to do well for my community, my parents, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't ever use profanity. I'm 35 years old. I won't use profanity in front of my parents. Um, I didn't do that on national TV. Right. And so I, I did that my first time around. But then coming back, you learn a lot from these seasoned vets. <laughs> and she's like, man, I think I might have used some profanity out there on my next season. I was willing to do whatever. So, um, yeah, it's it's you understand. And I think I've even heard Probst say it before. It's like it's our 40th season. We understand that this isn't real life. We've had school teachers. We've had principals. We've had, um, you know, people in the church and all these yeah. holy people and everything on the game willing to do these things because it's a game. And that, like, I'm not, I'm not like a sociopath or anything because I'm willing to, you know, step away from the Wendell that everyone knows and play this game because this is the arena that I'm in. And mm-hmm. these are the rules that I can abide by in this game. And these are the things I'm allowed to do out here mm-hmm. because it's a game. But that's not who I am sure. just because I'm lying to all these people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. yeah, it's a game. And I think it's season 40. Um, people are willing to show that it's a game and outside of the game we could be friends and right. love each other. But it is that whole detachment thing. It's like, this is, uh, this is not really me, but it always... And then the argument is, but that is a part of you. It's in there. You found it in you, you somewhere. <laughs> yeah, that's what I find fascinating by it. And, and, and I think like you know all of us that would like to go on it one day, that's where you're like, well, what would I do? How far would I go? What would I say? Whatever it is. Um, and that's what's the fascinating part of the show, I think. Yeah. Or makes it a part of it. It's, uh, it's such a tremendous show. I, I try to think, like, how long will it go on and all these things? Because Jeff is such a huge part in the show. And, um, I mean, Jeff Probst doesn't age. <laughs> but that's true. You know, no. like the guy, and especially up here, he just gets sharper and sharper. But it's like, for real, how, how much longer will this thing go? But then I see that there are all these other survivors, survivors, uh, Australia, Australia, South Africa, yeah. New Zealand, and whatnot, and they all have these hosts that almost seem like probes clones mm-hmm. almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's existing in other places, and um, I don't know, man. I just, I just want it to go on forever. Sure. Hopefully it's made it so many people. It's made so many podcasts, and um, like it's given so – it has enabled so many more things to happen, and – I don't know. It's just it's a beautiful thing. There have been marriages and yeah. children and all these things that come out of the castaways, but also the production producers and whatnot are married to each other and camera crew. They're married to each other. It's a beautiful thing. Tim Duncan's like brother, isn't it? Works on Survivor. He's a cameraman. The cameraman. He's a yeah. cameraman. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it just like popped into my head. I I remember that. I I remember that. Yeah. yeah it's a it's a weird little fact that the NBA uh, Survivor world there a crossover. I had a question about. Ghost Island, when you won, you, you tied at the end. That was the first in Survivor history with uh, Dominic. You got the tie, and then everyone was like, well, what happens now? And it's the third person. It was Laurel, right? Laurel. Um, the third member of the final tribal council. She got no vote, so it's like, well, now you decide. So that's an interesting one because Probst reads the votes mm-hmm. right there in front of you guys, and then she casts a vote, and then you don't find out until the live premiere. Right. Were you pretty confident huh. that you had won a million dollars? Let's let's set this up. So, um, 
yes, I was pretty confident. Yeah. The short of it is, yes, I was pretty confident. But no, you don't know until however my eight, ten months later when you're at that live finale and Jeff Probst finally pulls that parchment out and reads your name. You don't know. But throughout the game, Dominic, Laurel, and myself, we were super tight. We were this this airtight alliance that wanted to get to the end together. Um, Laurel saved our backs many times. But then again, without us, um, she might have been voted out earlier. You know, So we saved her. It was this mutual... Um, arrangement that we will look out for each other mm-hmm. and that that paid dividends at the end and <sighs> you have this woman like Laurel who I'm so close with and I was so close with on the island that was like a brother sister bond but she her and Dominic they slept next to each other by the fire every single night and sleeping arrangements says a lot on the island it's not oh, really? like it that wasn't anything romantic but it's like man if you're laying next to this person you're you're speaking yeah you're talking to that person whether it's strategy or anything hey i got your back hey tomorrow we're going to do this this and that and i was up in the shelter that i built but these two slept next to each other every single night which uh which said some things um but at the end you have this woman laurel who she was like a state champ swimmer she went to Yale, super brilliant. She was a volleyball player at Yale. She had been, you know, at the top of her game her whole life. Then she gets on this show that she's loved her whole life. And then she makes it to the end with these two kind of titans, myself and Dom, who played very strong games. But her thought was like, you know what, maybe maybe they're going to split some votes and then the I'll get I'll pick up votes. Yeah, there'll be enough yeah. to and there'll be enough to yeah. push me over, yeah. which didn't happen. Um, and it put her in this this difficult position because this person that's only used to success in their whole life for her to then have to get zero votes at the end of tribal council in the first tie ever. And then for her to make the decision between two people that she was super close with. Yeah. I, I felt so much for her. And fortunately my bond with her put, pushed that over in my direction, but man, that would have been a, a very difficult decision for anybody to make. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Luckily, she voted you. She, voted you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. she made the right choice, Woo. it sounds like. What, yeah, I'm what? sweating right now thinking about <laughs> I know. it. I was there on the island with you, man. It was amazing. Uh, what was the first cool thing you bought with your uh, million-dollar victory? The, there, first the first cool one? thing I bought, um, I'm very proud of this item. And don't judge me. All right. The first the thing I splurged on was a Rihanna shower curtain. You laugh. See, How much is that? Good I don't for? understand why everybody mean? laughs when I say it. Like, no. it has Rihanna on it, or she designed it, or what do you mean? <laughs> I designed it. Thank you very okay. much. Oh, <laughs> so I found oh a custom printed. A custom shower I found a high Im- high resolution image of Rihanna online. <laughs> What's up, Riri? I found a high image. <laughs> she resolu- listens. She listens. You know, and I found a company I think in China that is willing to print any image on a shower curtain, right. and I'm like. This is brilliant. Right. I I would love this giant image of Rihanna in my bathroom. <laughs> it's I'm not a freak. It's not facing the inside of the shower. Yeah, yeah. It's like a piece of art. It's right. facing the outside. But it's this uh that was the one splurge. It was about I think like sixty five bucks. Wow. <laughs> it's an expensive shower curtain, right? I love yeah, it. Yeah, it is, yeah. I, I love I thinking deep. you out on the island for thirty nine days going, man, I better win this game. I, I want a Rihanna custom. Riri. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. so that's what I got. I actually I posted it on my Instagram story a few, uh, maybe like a week ago. Okay. Yeah. We'll I'm very proud that of that shower curtain. Yeah, I guess so. Yes. If that was the first thing. $65. Yeah. Look at this crazy guy yeah. over here. Big spender. <laughs> so you wouldn't have bought it if you hadn't won. I don't uh, think so. <laughs> I'm frugal. I'm cheap. Call me what you want. But I, uh, I, had, to spend, I had to spend that money. You, yeah. you guys know I had to spend that money. <laughs> what's, your, what's your favorite thing uh, about Survivor? That, you know, playing it. What's been your favorite thing? Ooh. As a big fan that finally got on in one of the later seasons, mm-hmm. my favorite thing is being able to meet and interact with all of these former players, be it winners or just notable characters or anybody. Mm-hmm. I'm now a part of the Survivor community. and You're pretty active. I'm super it, yeah. active. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm social in life. You know, That's yeah. just me. That's who I am. I just love people. But now that I'm a part of this community, I'm able to meet all these people that I watched. And it's awesome as a fan to meet them. But what's even crazier and mind-blowing to me is some people are actually excited to meet me. Some of these people that I watched 
season after season, like, oh my God, Wendell, it's good to meet you. Yeah. And I'm just, that's crazy to me. Did you, uh, was there someone in particular you were super excited when you played Winners at War? You were like, yes, so-and-so's here. There's one person that I modeled my game after, and I just, I was like, if I go on, if I ever make it on Survivor, I will play a game like Jeremy Collins. Oh, yeah. Down to earth. Yeah. Hard worker, blue collar guy. He's a fireman. He has a family. He's an amazing father. Um, his wife Val was on the show. He's just this stand up guy that just does great things for the community. He's a fireman, but also for his family. You can see, you can look at his Instagram or anything. He's a great father. And I'm like, man, I want to be like him in life. Right. Let alone play a great game. He's a and he's a, a solid survivor player. He won. So. After um, getting on, I wanted to play like him, mm -hmm. and I think the producers kind of saw me as someone that might be able to play like Jeremy, though I don't have a wife and kids or anything like that, but just a, a, a good guy, kind of, sort of. Yeah. And, and strong at social, strong at strategic, yeah. and yeah. challenging. A player, sort of like you know? Effector, yeah. Yeah. So I played. Li I kind of played like him, played, kept it clean, but then I, I, I wanted to meet him, and being a furniture um, designers deliver, you know, I deliver all over the place. One time I got to Boston and he lives up there. And I think this was while I was on the show and he didn't accept my Instagram request, which was fine. Okay. But I think I, I like messaged him a few times on Snapchat, like Jeremy, I'm in your city, Jeremy, da, 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 Jeremy, <laughs> a few days in a row, no response. So then I go back home and I'm like holding my head down. But then on the next trip to Boston, my, my friend, my friend, Michelle Fitzgerald, who was on Season 40, yep. she won uh, Korong. She is friends with him and his wife. She introduced me to him, and I was so starstruck then. <laughs> and uh, it was just so great to meet him. And then fast forward like a year and a half, and I'm playing, and I'm looking across and battling him. And uh, that was – that. it was like – it was epic. The first episode, he – he beat me at a ring toss challenge. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah I was going to ask about that. Oh, we can talk about it. I wanted to look cool. I was throwing it like Frisbee yeah. style. Yeah. And he was basically underhand. Granny style. Yeah, with the granny, granny style, right? Like Rick Barry. Yeah. I, I, I wanted to maintain some some dignity and throw it, you know, like, <laughs> like a real one. Yeah. But Jeremy comes out there and just knocks him down grandma style. Like, you know what? He swallowed his pride and did it and got the job done. So respect to that man. <laughs> Have you ever been mad with an edit that you've gotten? That you've watched, maybe even in a challenge, yeah. you're like, "Oh, they made Jeremy look like he hit three in a row. <laughs> yeah. He took like 50 right, shots." Right, right. <laughs> players, um, players do get mad with their edits. Yeah, and there is this thing in the Survivor community called the winners edit, where they yeah. kind of gear the show, um, or where fans say that they kind of gear the show towards the winner to make this winner look like a winner or a right. hero. So it makes sense to us at the end. So it yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Um, I, fortunately. I went out there and I won on my first try, boom. So I got, um, and I didn't think I played so dirty. And they didn't show me playing dirty because I don't, I don't think I did. Right. But also I was the winner. So one might say, oh, Wendell got the winners at it. But regardless of that, I also walked into it knowing what I signed up for. Win, lose, or draw, however I play, they will have, you know, however many hours of footage of me doing whatever it is I'm doing out there. And if I decide to use the profanity and, and do shady things and be mean to producers or whatever, they have a lot on camera yeah. that they can paint me however they want. So um, fortunately, they've given me favorable edits. And, you know, we're, we're um, two episodes into season 40, and I say some funny things or, that you know, they, they got me doing well in challenges. So... I'm not mad at the edit. Right, right, <laughs> right. Now, yeah, that's that's true. Maybe it changes suddenly if you're voted out or you're whatever. Something yeah. happens, and it's I'm sure you're looking at it maybe a little different. Yeah. Yeah, so – but then again, another thing I say to myself, um, after after my first season, I, I got a lot of positive – I always get a lot of positive feedback, but then there are always naysayers. Mm -hmm. And to me, I'm the kind of person, or a lot of people maybe – um, they look at the negative critiques. That always stings a little more. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's like, man, I got a, a thousand great comments, but that one comment oh, saying yeah. that, you know, uh, you look like an ugly version of Donald Glover that, you know, doesn't keep it, you know, whatever that, that one thing is, it's just like <laughs> that stings you and you want to yeah. write back to them. For sure. So I have this mantra, and I, I took a lesson from that season, Ghost Island. I don't do it for anybody that, 
or any of these naysayers. I don't do it for them. I do it for the people I motivate, the people that I inspire. I do it for my family, my community, people that love me. That's why I continue to go out there. Mm -hmm. So those are the people that know me. Anybody hating or, or that, you know, has a, a different favorite in the show so they want to say negative things to me, that's fine. You say whatever you want, but I'm just – I'm not doing it for you. Right. Um, maybe I'll win you over. Maybe I won't, but I'm not going to let that change my course. Right. Now, that's great advice. And, uh, yeah, as people that have been making a show or blogging on, <laughs> on the Internet for 15 years now, you're yeah. absolutely right. At the beginning, it's tough. Like, you get 99 compliments and you get that one troll or whatever, the hater, and you're like – that just ruins your day. Yep. But you do learn to be like, oh, no, there was 99 people saying how much they like this thing or this product that you made and put out there. And then you start to focus on those more than the than the haters. And then you think yeah. of like the one on one reaction, uh, the one on one interactions. And like like when we met at the Hawks game a year ago, it was just like it's all love. Right. I met. I mean, but you got you guys are nice guys and whatnot. But <laughs> it's like I think of I'm a monster. <laughs> online. I'm a troll. I, I think of anybody I meet. Or anybody that comes to my parties or any of this stuff, yeah. whenever someone sees me on the streets, it's all love. Yeah. I have yet to see one of those haters. Someone might say, hey, I was rooting for Dom. Sure. You know, yeah. It's cool. I was rooting for Dom, too, but I was rooting for <laughs> me to edge him out, you know? Yeah. But, like, yeah, it's always love. So I understand that I'm, I'm blessed with so much love, and I need to do it for those people. Right. Is well, it strange watching it back months and months later? Like, do you get excited for an episode where you know you know something cool is going to happen with you or, or something exciting is going to happen? Do you still get the tingles? No, oh, man, this is going to be great to see how it actually played out on TV. I, I get very excited to watch. Um, you do, like, viewing parties. I do big-time yeah, parties, yeah. man. We sold out a venue for the premiere. We had, like, a bunch of reality stars yeah. there. I appreciate how the community has embraced me and shows me love, not just people on Survivor, but yeah. other shows. Um, so, yeah, I try to do it for my city. Philly has quite a few Survivor alums, and so I just try to make sure that because I know I was a fan watching, I didn't necessarily have this place to go and meet all the Survivors and watch with them. So I'm trying to you know do that for my city, mm -hmm. and it, it's, it's so cool. I get excited. For example... Last week, we saw Tony build a ladder, yeah. a 20-foot janky ladder with the smallest bits of string, and he didn't consult the real builder or anything like this, and he fell a couple times and all that. But it was hilarious to watch him do it. And then we're like, man, you know what? We're going we're gonna to carry this thing and watch him climb this thing, and we'll see what happens. Right. So He signed the waiver. He signed that waiver. Yeah. You know, and it, it, was, it was cool to – know that that was something that was gonna um that that could air yeah but there are so many moments like that but then we won we won the challenge so when you win a challenge you think you know they might not show as much of us because they have to in this um three-day span which gets consolidated into like 42 minutes if you think of commercials mm -hmm. they have to tell the story that leads to that one person getting booted so they might not show this silly ladder mm -hmm. situation, no. yeah. um, but I I knew that that happened, and I was lucky to see it. And there are all we we had a lot of moments like that. And those are some of the moments that I know Survivor fans love the most. It's just like character building moments. Like character building. In the end, it's sort of pointless showing us you know five minutes of Tony building a ladder to to get a piece of fruit. Yeah, but I'm like, we saw that. We saw Rob playing with like the swinging toy where he finally yeah. got to stick on that. I was like, that's what you must do for so much yeah. of the time out there is just find ways to pass the time. Yeah. And that's what you need to see a little bit too. Yeah, that, sure. exactly. And I think that's what fans like. And then and then you mix in, you know, the Tyson confessions like ripping on it or making yeah. like being Tyson basically with his dry sense of humor and then Tony talking about it and all you guys talking about it. It makes for funny television to be honest and, and it makes it that's the character development yeah. and um as a big fan i know a lot of people in the fan community they don't love all the advantages all the twists yeah. and whatnot um as a new school player i must say that i'm a product of the t the twist era so i can appreciate it but people don't love so much of it they like the character moments yeah they like the moments where they see these weird quirky interactions or like after even after Boston Rob did terrible in that puzzle challenge. Um, Ethan, this, you know, fan favorite from two decades ago, he looks at Boston Rob he's like, yo, man, you really sucked in yeah. that challenge, bro. <laughs> yeah. and it, was, it was just hilarious. Those are the moments that the fans really like, you know. That's what draws 
fans to players. It's not necessarily, you know, finding a bunch of idols or stuff like that. So I can appreciate both sides, but I, I truly like those uh, those special moments. We're, we're still watching, of course, because it's early in, in Season 40 here, Winners at War, how these fire tokens are going to play out. But what was your reaction, you know, when you learned about them, I guess, yeah. when you got out there? When you're like, what the heck yeah, are these? Like, it, does it take a while for everybody to wrap their heads around what, what they even do or what they can do? Yeah, as a as a... Fortunately, as a product of New School Survivor, yeah. you know they're going to throw something at There's you. There's got to be something. Especially in a winner's all yeah. season. You, you yeah, assume. so they introduce this currency to Survivor, and then you start um, – it's like introducing – and I, I can't say much about it, yeah. but it's like introducing currency into civilization and, and what do, what does the dollar do here in America. So – it's uh, it's interesting to see how that plays out. But you must have, and exactly, you can't say too much because we're we're new here. But like you guys must have just been sitting around camp, I imagine, going like, yep. what what are we even doing with this, or yeah. what can we do? And everyone starts like, trying to brainstorm. You get you you walk in. I think uh, you each get one token to start, mm-hmm. and you walk to camp, and you see an advantage menu or a token menu, whatever it was, and I don't remember it exactly, but it's like. Always about pooling tokens. Two tokens, oh. you get a tarp. Four tokens, you get some beans. Six tokens, you get whatever. And then it encourages people to start thinking together. Yeah. And, yeah, it's it's interesting. It's going to get interesting. Yes. All right. All right. Well, we'll obviously be watching in case you couldn't tell. Uh, we wanted to shoehorn in some sort of NBA talk here. Yes. So we thought this could be fun. We'll throw some, like, iconic players at you. And maybe you can try and find the best, uh, you know, season f- Survivor 40, season 40 here comparison. Yep. You know what I mean? So let's start. Let's go current. Mm-hmm. LeBron James. Who's the LeBron of Winners at War? So when I think of LeBron James, I think of someone that is knocking on the door of, of the greatest of all time. Okay. And, um, you know, we always think of Michael Jordan and – then you have this guy who's not who's, who's breaking all these records and doing phenomenal things and playing at such a high level late into his career, and I started thinking like, man, is 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 he gonna play in the league when when Bronny's in the league? Yep. Like, is this gonna happen? I think so. so we think so. <laughs> so when I think of someone on Winners at War that is knocking on the door of the greatest of all time, um, I think of a winner that wasn't I guess necessarily the the first 10 or even 15 seasons I think of like a maybe like a Tyson Apostle okay Tyson is um he came season 18 and he played quite a few times he ended up winning and although like LeBron came in from high school with all the hype King James and all this stuff and like it it was it was almost like he was the the next Michael Jordan yeah. And I mean, Sports Illustrated was basically saying he's the next Michael Jordan. Yeah. So, but in Tyson's situation, he kind of came in as a villain. Then he yeah. played back Heroes vs. Villains. Then he came back again, and he ultimately won. Um, but as I think of the greats, and when you think of the greats in the NBA, you definitely think of LeBron. You think of Kobe, yeah. rest in peace. Yeah. Um, you think of Michael. And as a newer great, I'm thinking I'm thinking Tyson is the LeBron James okay. survivor. That's not bad. I like it. You mentioned Kobe real yeah, quick. I was just gonna say that too. You were wearing Kobe's. That's out yeah. to the island. Yeah. You never see people in basketball shoes. Pretty rare. Right. So, I was wearing the Kobe, the what the Kobe's. Um, I actually hooped in them, and I hooped in another pair of Kobe's before that. And usually, what I do, I take one pair of basketball sneakers, I wear it for the year, and then in August, I go volunteer a week and coach a basketball camp in right. Jamaica. And at the end of that week, I give the shoes out to a That's camper cool. or something. You know, um, some of them show up with with no sneakers on. Mm-hmm. They show up to the basketball courts bare feet. But uh, I'll give it to like a great camper or something like that. This time, I took my basketball sneakers out to the island because I'm like, man, these are my war sneaks. I go to war on the court every day. I'm gonna wear them. And this filmed in May, June, and we came back early July of 2019. So I wore these sneakers out there and then fast forward to February, January, February of 2020 and he passes away. And uh, I'm glad that I wore my childhood heroes sneakers out there. Mm -hmm. Um, 
to Winners at War, but man, it's it's crazy. It's crazy what what happened with Kobe. He literally. I grew up in Lower Marion. Yeah. Kobe Bryant has been in my house. I have so many things signed by Kobe. Um, my dad texted me. He was like, he said, son, Joe Bryant lost his only son. I'm my dad's only son. You know, Holy he God. looks at me like like that. So it's um it's so touching and it's so. It really hurt to watch, you know, my childhood idol. Yeah. That's, it's that's tough. It's it wild tough that sure. it's just, it's crazy that you even wore them. Uh, you know, it's one of those weird things. Like, that's a weird uh, universe yeah, type man. of thing right there. Kobe, so I'm, I'm glad I wore them out there. Um, I guess I, I did it for him then. Yeah, it, that's it. Retrospectively, it's crazy to look at it that way. Ex- but Exactly. Um, Steph Curry. <clears throat> okay. The Steph Curry. Steph is this guy who, I, you think of like game changing players in the NBA, or culture shifting players. Yep. And one one guy that really stands stands out is another, um, a Philly player, Allen Iverson. Mm-hmm. If you think of like culture shifting, now look at the NBA. You, you've seen AI Just the came influence, in the, for the sure. influence. Yeah, you know, both on and off. And um, you know, tattoos, the cornrows, baggy clothes, everything like kind of influencing this. This this hip hop culture, um, and his style of gameplay, it kind of changed the league. And then comes this kid Steph Curry a little bit later. After um, you know Kobe comes in and does his thing, and LeBron's doing his thing, and they all influence the league. But Steph comes in and with this jump shot out of this world and shooting from all types, doing crazy things, and he's got the handles, and all of a sudden he did a spin, and he chucked it up, and you see Steve Kerr's like, what the? And then all of a sudden the ball goes in, and it's just like, oh, my God. So Steph Steph came in, and he, he too, changed the game. Mm-hmm. So, so who changed the game that was out there on the island? Who changed the game in Survivor? Oh, man. I Okay, I don't, I don't want to compare myself to anybody <laughs> but uh people say that i do have somewhat of a jump shot on the court but also <laughs> in the challenges i i think i can perform well in the challenges um i'm a newer a newer winner that's in, invigorating survivor a little bit so i didn't want to compare myself to anybody but if if i have to i'll compare myself <laughs> to Steph Curry. twist my uh, arm I, guess. You insist, guy. I know you guys wanted me to do that uh okay go more uh westbrook westbrook the beast, Ooh, that is Westbrook. Yeah, yeah. I love an explosive player like Westbrook. Yep. Um, somebody that you don't you don't love playing against him. What, he got ejected last night? Yep. 30-point <laughs> yeah, blow-up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like why is he still in the game at that point? Right. Yeah. Um, ooh, you don't want to play against him. You probably do want to be – you want to be on his team and yeah. want to just watch what he does. Um yeah, you don't want to make okay. him angry. Yeah, I got somebody. Okay. And I, I could compare Tony Vlacos from Cagayan <laughs> to Russell Westbrook. I like it. Tony is this guy. His first season he came out and he played a head and shoulder above a field of great players. Westbrook, Mr. Triple Double, mm-hmm. Mr. Doing All These Things, he's playing like sometimes he does play a head and shoulders over, over these, this tremendous group of talented people. With Tony, he 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 was a game changer, and he was so scary his first season that he comes back, you know, seven or eight seasons later for the season called Game Changers, and everyone's petrified by him, and he's eliminated <laughs> within the first few votes because this crazy he's man is back. He's a wild card. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you don't want you if you can if you're on a court playing like uh, 21 or something, and Russell Westbrook's there, and you have the ability to eliminate one player on the court, who are you eliminating? That's right, <laughs> Russell. You go over there, yeah. and the the normal people will play 21. <laughs> In the game of Survivor. You want to get rid of Tony in a game like Game Changers so that the normal sane people can play the game. Yeah, you can and breathe a little easier. Yeah, yeah Tony, um, we've seen he's made it through two episodes, and in that second episode he's building a ladder <laughs> to prevent just so he won't be running around looking for idols, scrambling and doing all these things that he does because he's that kind of player. Yeah. He's an electrify, electrifying player like Russell is. 
on the court. He's only got one speed, it feels like. One Both speed. Both of those guys. Yeah. And it's 100 miles an hour. They're the he's same. been killing me so far this season. Every like every confessional, he's like, I'm just trying my best. I'm just trying my best to play it cool here. He's so I'm going to build a giant, a giant ladder. Yes, he's, <laughs> like, move. he's like, I'm just going to build because if I don't, I'm going to find out. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that uh, you, um, yeah, Tony is, uh, Tony is Westbrook. Good. Tony is Westbrook. Uh, do you guys have any more questions? I mean, we've kept Wendell for a long time here. I guess my only other one would be is when you win individual immunity, how do you not just wear the necklace around camp all the time? <laughs> <laughs> Look at this. Look at this yeah. thing. Yeah. Uh, that comes, <sighs> I guess, uh, playing sports all my life. And with my dad, he played basketball at Fordham under Digger Phelps, actually. Wow. And um, he's always taught me that, like, you let other people do the talking. You perform and you do what yeah. you have to do and you do the best that you can do, but you you should not be the one bragging about yourself. So like, you know, in the game of Survivor, you win that individual immunity, you take it off as fast as you can and you just put it somewhere. Right. Because uh, you don't want, in my case, <coughs> excuse me, and I do like talking trash and I talk <laughs> trash to probes, I talk trash to the competitors on the court, I'll talk trash to you. Um, a lot of times when I talk trash, that's when I get like, <laughs> that's when I lose. Yeah. Yeah. So or that's when I slip up. So as much as I want to talk trash, there's, um, there is a, a humble side of me that yeah. it's from my father. He, he has been very successful just in life and in athletics and all these things, and he's in, instilled in me, you let other people do the talking mm. for you. He's still not bad at the free throw line. That man can shoot some free throws. And he, so we, that was a fundraiser for this, uh, this camp I do in Jamaica. It's called the PMBL Treasure Beach Basketball Camp. Philadelphia Men's Basketball League. The league folded, oh. but we have this legacy that is this camp in Jamaica where we go there, like 50 coaches go there every, every summer, and we, <coughs> we raise money all year, and we bring hoops. We built courts down there in Treasure Beach. We bring a big shipping container full of basketballs, shorts, sneakers, all these things, and we just give them to the kids. We feed them for the week. We bust them in. Last summer, we had over 1,100 campers. And we now, I've been back, this will be my sixth year going back. And you go back, and you see the kids that you saw the year previous, but they're better at basketball Mm -hmm. in Jamaica. So it's like, man, this thing that we built here, they're working on this. So me and my dad, um, there was a fundraiser. You get people to pledge for however many free throws you can make. And I was like, hey, Pop, you know, I don't always see my dad. He travels too. And I'm like, this would be a cool thing for me and my dad to do. And he said yes to it. And so he made like 70-something free throws yeah. out of 100. That's I raised a few hundred bucks, yeah. And what would you do? I did 84 out of 100. Man, I, I felt like I underperformed because I started – I was at 50-something – and I started talking trash. Oh, <laughs> and then I bricked like four in my 50s. I was making like nine for 10, nine for 10, nine for 10, eight for 10. And then I made like six or five for 10. And, and that just killed me. <laughs> well, that's a pretty cool thing you got to do with the camp. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. I'll have I to love look it. that up. You're in, you're, you guys are invited if you guys, guys want to come. Week in Jamaica, sure. playing hoops. Okay. I will get you the info. Hell for yeah. Sure. Absolutely yeah. hook us up. JD, anything else? I, I mean, I could sit here for another I know, hour. I, I want to know wanna... every little piece of minutia about Survivor. Yeah. I, 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 but we've already heard th- we've already heard this man's itinerary. He's got like, a, I don't know what you got at 4.30. <laughs> He's got his body scrubbing yeah, coming yeah. up. Wow, yeah, you got to exfoliate. Uh, yeah, how do I get a job as one of those body devils for the drone shows? <laughs> <laughs> sounds like the best job in the world. The Dream Teamers actually... They they call them the dream teamers. They also they don't just body double. No. They they do test. The, yeah. They test the um challenges. challenges, and then they're the body doubles. But they also build them and take them down. Yeah. And they do everything, and um, it seems awesome, but it's a lot of work. So yeah. I I got a guy. I can yeah. uh, I can put Amen. you in touch. Yeah, yeah. excellent. Give me the info. Excellent. We got a lot of people. Yeah. You got to put us in touch with. Uh, what is the best way for people to follow to you? Find me. So, yeah. For um, Instagram, yep. at Wendell Holland, okay. W-E-N-D-E-L-L-H-O-L-L-A-N-D. You can go to WendellHolland.com. And for any of my furniture that I build, you can check out um, you can check out WendellHolland.com, but you can also check out Beev, that's B-E-V-E, Unlimited, on, um, on Instagram. There you go. Got to uh, thank Greg Holtzman Greg. for hooking us up. Now, Greg, 
he started talking to Matty O, our former producer, yes. television, who lives in L.A. now, and I guess they linked up, and they started talking, oh, Survivor, NBA, and we had run into you at the Hawks game the one yes. time. So shout out to Greg and Matty O for, for making this come together. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Greg's an awesome guy. I see his dad around Philly here and then, and uh, he told me that Greg moved to L.A., and I was just in L.A. a couple of weeks ago. We tried to link, but we didn't, but uh, the Holdsman's that's a that's a solid family right there. Awesome. Well, we appreciate yeah. you coming out here today. Um, before the big scrub you got coming on later. One tonight. one thing. Yeah. One, one more thing. I got something in my pocket. All right. I brought it for you, Skeets. What, what do we got here? It's almost like it's almost like an, an idol. idol. Yeah. I got an idol for you that I just want to pass over to you. Okay. But you got to open it up. Open it right now. You got to open, open it open. up, man. All right. I'm opening a tiny it, little satchel here. <laughs> and then there's something else that you got to open inside of it. Oh man. We got a, what do we got here? A straight buff open it or up. something? You like? gotta open it up. All right, hopefully I can get. Okay, okay, hold on. Opening it up. Wow, custom made buff. Hashtag Team Wendell. Hashtag Team oh, Wendell. So amazing. It's, awesome. it, it's on the South African flag. That's another charity I do. This so is amazing. I have a tie to South Africa. It says Team Wendell. It says Beave Unlimited. That's my company. Thirty-six and forty. Thirty-six and forty. My season. Two seasons. The two seasons you win. Okay, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> try to get it out of Good try. Good try. Nice try. Wendell, thank you so much, man. Really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Embrace the day, people.